This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. By the help of our God, I want you to go to two passages of Scripture this morning, which we'll spend a lot of time in Matthew 19, but I want you to go to Genesis chapter 2, and we're going to start there in Genesis chapter 2 and 15, but also find the passage of Scripture in Matthew 19. And we're going to continue on the, the series of teaching that we've actually begun. The, the topic was the purpose of the family. And you have heard uh, many ministers throughout the last month you know, touch on their, on their area that they were going to touch on and how the Spirit of God has ministered to your heart. We've come to this point of this teaching where we're, we're focusing on the male. The purpose of the male, his purpose, his intended position, uh, what God intended for his male. And uh, my part is going to be, therefore shall a man leave father and mother and cleave to his wife. So it's the purpose of the family. Our focus is on the, ma- on the male factor. And we really want to focus on, therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. And you know, if I had an objective, because I didn't write any objectives down, it's a very simple objective. It's bring you to bring the congregation to remembrance of uh, what God has ordained for marriage. It's bringing you to the remembrance of what God... And it's interesting how many people make the issue which is not an issue as it pertains. They make certain things issues in their marriage which for God should never be an issue for the believer. Uh, across the board, marriages... The family, and because we, we will focus on marriage, I, and it's interesting how Minister Minister Hasten said it. You know, it's really it becomes uh, you know uh, our, our our premarital course really really quickly, and as we discuss these things, because it, you can't help from getting from counsel to the unmarried and to the married, because what people don't understand. If I were to ask a question to young men, you know, and and, you know, I thought about this, but, you know, I'm not going to ask specific young men questions. But, but usually people start thinking of leaving and cleaving when what? When they get married. You know, because, and they think, well, now it's time to leave my father and my mother and cleave to my wife. And what people don't understand, if you think that way, you're behind. And leaving and cleaving is not an automatic response to marriage. You just don't start leaving and cleaving because you got married. That is actually supposed to be in place in the home as that child gets, starts growing older. How to leave and how to cleave. The, the process of leaving and cleaving is a process. It's, it's not, you know, for example, we discuss, because of course, in the minds of people, like we've discussed about marriage, they have sex on their mind. So, you know, I can have legal sex. And they think, that, well, that's the cleaving process. And that's just a part of the cleaving process. That's not even the, the actual leaving and cleaving. Because if your leaving and cleaving is not in place, once again, you're behind and you're going you're gonna to suffer things that you shouldn't have to suffer in your marriage. Marriage in itself, as a, as a family, it brings, it brings troubles regardless. It doesn't matter. There's things across the board, whether you're a believer or unbeliever, you're going to have to deal with in marriage. You can't get a, but there are certain things that believers should not have to deal with in marriage. 
And that was the issue that they brought to Jesus at the very beginning when, when they brought to Jesus. They brought him an issue and God and Jesus was like, that's not even the issue. You know, your issue is you, you thinking something that I'm not even going to deal with. And he didn't deal with it necessarily the way they thought he was supposed to deal with it. So let's go to Genesis chapter 2 and we'll read these passages of scriptures and then I'll get into some statements that I want to make. Genesis chapter 2, let's start at verse 15. We're going to do some reading this morning, so please open your Bibles. Open your Bibles and look at your scriptures. If you've got a tablet, open your tablet and look at your tablet. You know, I do it myself. You know, I sit there because I understand, you know, of course, because we sometimes know the passage of scripture and I'm busy writing notes. And, you know, you, you let them read it for you. You know, I understand that. But, you know, it's very important that if you're not writing notes, you should be looking at your Bible and looking at your tablet. Okay? So, here's the passage of Scripture. Verse 15, And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So, he took the man, right? Took the man, the male factor, and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and make him and help meet for him. So from this point on, that's what he's talking about. Regardless of what comes up in the subject and what God is doing with man, he is finding a help that is meet for him. He's bringing him to this help that is going to be meat for him because he's been commanded to dress and to keep. That's what the man has been commanded. And out of the ground, verse 19, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. But God is still focusing on bringing him a help meat for him. Even though he's bringing these things before him so that he can name them. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found and help meet for him. So apparently, in all these things that he brought before Adam, Adam was still looking for the help meet for him. He brought him before him and said, Now, this is not going to help me. And this is not going to... Whatever he named him, did everything that God told him to do, but this is not the help for me. So he continued, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep, verse 21, to fall upon Adam. And he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. So in this passage of scripture, I'm just going to, we're going to be going over these things. But to me, it came to the time that God brought the woman to the man. And he said, now I can relate to this one. I can, I'm compatible with this one. This one's like me. See, it's interesting to me, and we'll, we'll get to this. Has, as God, when God created male and female, it was never a superiority issue with God. Man makes it a superiority. It was never a superiority. He, never, he said, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. I'm able to do what I need to do with this one right here. 
This is the one that's going to help me do what I have to do. She's comp- I can do anything I want. And we understand that procreation was a part of all of this. He understood this is the one that I'm going to be able to do exactly what God wants me to do with this woman. This is the one. So now this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of the womb of man. He says, therefore shall a man leave father and mother and cleave to his wife. So there's something that I must do with this one that God brought me to. There's something that I must put in place to make sure that I can leave and I can cleave to this one. Because purpose comes out of leaving and cleaving. See, people think that, okay, just because anybody, think about it, any male or female outside of something being physically wrong can procreate. They can bring forth children, but they can't bring forth what God intended from the beginning. They can't bring... See, children is just... The bringing forth of it, that's a part of it. That's a part of the, the marriage covenant. That's what should come forth of a marriage covenant. Once again, granted, things are not... You know, things are... Whatever may be going on. But God intends people to procreate. People to bring forth children. But that's not the end of purpose. The end of purpose, leaving and cleaving is a part of that. And people have to understand, if you don't properly leave and cleave, you're going to have some problems in your marriage. Because what you're going to do, and and I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but what you're going to do, you're going to come to a place where it's all about frustration. You're going to to come forth just like the Pharisees. Shall a man, is it lawful for a man to leave his wife for every cause? Now you're thinking about legally, how, how can I put this away? And you know, you can legally put things away without even getting a divorce. You know, and, that, and that's the thing is, you can separate without even being divorced. You can be divided in your home without being divorced. You can be in two different places. And what happens, even though you have children, you have not brought forth the purpose of God. And that's where God says, I'm upset. Now, and, 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 and when he talked about it in Malachi, he said, you know, there's something that's wrong here. I have a controversy. He said, with how you treat your, how you treat your wife. But he said, but did not I make them one? See, God is like, but I brought you back to purpose. He said, and see, that's where, where people in the body of Christ that we miss it because we focus on everything else, but we refuse to go back to the original intent. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19. And let us read. We'll start at verse 1. Even though it doesn't start getting to I want to until verse 3, but there's some things we can say. And it came to pass, chapter 19, verse 1, here's some pages. And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these things, he departed from Galilee and came into the coast of Judea beyond Jordan. And great multitudes followed him, and he healed them. There, It's interesting. He said he had great multitudes following him and he healed them there. But there was other people following us and the Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him. So there was totally different, totally different attitudes. See, that's how you got to understand how you approach God in this matter is how he's going to deal with you. And there's some people that want healing. There's some people that want and desire the things of God and they approach him properly. But there's some people in their marriage that they're not seeking God's purpose. They're seeking their way. And God will always deal with them according. It's just like he deals with the Pharisees. 
The Pharisees also came unto him and tempting him and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Looks look how Jesus responded. And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, who said? God said. Therefore, Genesis, Genesis didn't say God said. It's just, it, it, made, it, it makes it seem like Adam said this. Because he said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And I will submit to you that God told him that was bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. He was just understanding this is what God said. So right here, Jesus gives clarity and says, Adam didn't say this, sir. God said this. So he says, have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, for this cause shall a man leave father and mother. For what cause? For the purpose he made them male and female. Shall a man leave father and mother and cleave to his wife? And they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. That's not in Genesis. This is Jesus giving clarity to what purpose is all about. He said, no. He says, therefore, what God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. They say unto him, why did Moses then command to give a writing of the divorcements and to put her away? And he said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. So it's interesting that the law is in Deuteronomy, and, uh, in Exodus, Deuteronomy, and all the, in, in the books of the law. And it's interesting that Jesus didn't take them back to Deuteronomy. He took them back to the beginning. He said, I'm not going to deal with your issue because your issue is legalistic. My issue is purpose. See, God will always bring you back to purpose. See, and I will submit this to you and we'll probably get into it more. You can legally find a way to put away your wife. You can legally, there's ways to put away your wife. Legalistic, you can put, you can be legalistic about the matter and you can say because she does this and he does that and because he's this way or because she's that way, you know, I don't have to actually agree with this. I don't have to line up with this because I don't agree with it. You can legalistically be divided in your home. But God will say, I'm not taking you back to the law. I'm not going to be legal with you. I'm going to bring you back to my purpose, which is from the very beginning. And God says, Moses wrote that for you because of the hardness of your hearts. Moses did that. But from the beginning, God never said so. God says, I expect you as people of God not to be legalistic, not to be like the world. The world finds ways to put, you know, we're, what is it? Incompatibility. You know, diff, you know, we're just we're just different. folks. we're heading in the wrong, the right, the different directions, different directions. When God sets the direction for the home. See, it's interesting that you find, once again, legalistic and you think I'm right in this matter because I am not treated the way I think I should be treated. Outside of abuse, outside of physical abuse, verbal abuse, you know, I'm going to tell you, separation, there are certain times for separation. But as a believer, you should make this work. You should make it. And why? For purpose sake. And there's times, that, and we're not talking about we're not talking about the times that it doesn't work, my brothers and sisters, because this is not a message of condemnation. God is able to restore you. God is able to bring you to a place where you are able to fulfill purpose. But we're talking about people that are married and are planning to get married and desire to be married. Those are the folks we're talking. We're talking about, hey, you, you have an opportunity to get this right. These are some statements. 
Let us remember that from the start of this teaching series, it was stated that every believing family has a call from God. Do we remember that? Do we remember what the call is? Does anybody remember what the call is? You don't have to say it, but do you remember what the call is? The call is to produce spiritually and emotionally. Remember? These believers that in turn are going to get the, God, God, the purpose of God done on the earth. And I paraphrase it, but the, the, the thing is, is, and to read it is to produce spiritually and emotionally established believers. Established. You know, an established believer is a good thing. Because it's spiritually established and emotionally established. To be an emotional wreck in your marriage, it is a very difficult place to be. Because you're not spiritually and emotionally established Believer who in turn gets God's redemptive work in the earth. The call is to God's purpose. The call is. In the beginning, we, this is another statement that's in these notes. I'm reading some notes from a wise man of God. And to me, these notes, as you read them, they'll minister to you. And there are certain things in these notes that it doesn't say that will minister to you. You can read these notes and say, now this is what... It's interesting, and as I'll read something later about the direction of the home, how you can learn something by what that does not say. You know, because it's interesting how people hear. When I make this statement later on this teaching, you're going to hear and you're going to think, you may think certain things that, okay, it's all about the man. It's interesting how Minister Hayson brought out, you have no one deity in your home but God. There's no one deity in your home. No one has set the. I want to say nobody has ordained the standard. There must. They may. There may be somebody that sets a standard in the home, but no one there ordained the standard. The the standard was already ordained. So in the beginning of the family, the beginning of the family is one of the statements in my notes. The beginning of the, fa- of the family is the marriage between male and female. But this is what I get out of it. But before the marriage, we find a single individual male. And a single individual female. And that state of being unmarried is of utmost importance. Why? It's, why is it so important? Because as it pertains to marriage, purpose doesn't start at the marriage covenant. And that's where people miss it. They think, now I'm married, I'm going to produce a godly seed. Now it's time to produce a godly seed. When you've never been the godly seed. You have not established yourself in being the godly seed. And you think because I'm in marriage now I'm... Yes, you are in covenant. And God... And and yes, you have a responsibility to that covenant. But you cannot fulfill the responsibilities of that covenant thinking that now I'm in marriage, I'm in purpose. You're not in purpose. You You have to bring purpose into your marriage. If you have not established purpose before marriage, that's why this state is so important. The unmarried state. Because purpose doesn't begin at marriage. Just like Jesus. He said, purpose didn't begin in Deuteronomy. He said, that's not where I establish purpose. The way you think I establish purpose. The way you think I'm doing things. I did things from the very beginning. And I'm not changing for no one. See, we do a lot of things thinking that God is going to change for us. And God is like, no, my purpose is the same. It's established from the very beginning. So because purpose doesn't start at the marriage, that's why that state is so important. It must be in place before the marriage covenant. Once again, because purpose 
is from the very beginning. And this is the exact place that Jesus took the Pharisees and this is the exact place that we're taking this congregation to the very beginning. So many, I want you to go stay in Matthew chapter 19 because we're going to stay there for a while. Many in this world step into marriage for all the wrong reasons and we can all agree to that. Step into marriage for all the reasons. Though attractions and intimate feelings cannot be left out of marriage. You cannot leave attractions and intimate feelings out of marriage. Those things alone cannot maintain a lifetime commitment. Why can't they maintain a lifetime commitment? Tell me, it's so it's so simple. Why can't? Because they change. Those things change. My intimate feelings, even though I should keep the fire going, I don't always feel that. You will not always feel that towards your wife. You will not always feel like, man, I'm. Comp-. You will not feel compatible at times. Is you will not feel certain things. There are certain things in your marriage that you're just like, she's going to change. She's not going to look the same. He is not going to look the same. There are certain things that you know, man. I always thought your poop didn't stink, but it stinks. You understand? And you may all of these things. You may you you look into it. There are some things that are just not going to go your way in marriage. They're not. So those things cannot maintain the Christian marriage. And you should never expect those. That's why it's so crazy for a husband to, to, uh, to push your wife to look a certain way all the time. And I mean, and I'm not talking for her to look her best all the time. I'm talking about, well, you, you know, talking about her weight. Talking about how she's gaining weight. Talking about, you know, different things. Well, you didn't look this way before. That is stupidity. From, from the very, uh, that's, that's stupid at the core. You understand? Because that right there, you should have never been married. Never. No one should have ever actually gave her some, someone to you. And you, to you, to tell you the truth, you should have been blinded so you shouldn't see nobody so you can, as it pertains to their beauty. As it pertains, because I'm, what I mean by that, it's just that the, the mentality is so dumb. And those are people that are, Really, if you think about it, people like that have been taught to be that way. That's not something that just they that is inherited. They're taught to be that way. Somebody put that in them. Somebody told them that what marriage is about. That's why females, some females, are so insecure because a man made them that way. A man didn't do his job, and some other man came and told him something totally that was a lie. You know, I, I, I see females all the time. It's interesting. You know, as you teach, as you minister, as you go in life, there are certain things that are across the board. Across the board with every male and every female. Inside of every person, there is a, a, there is, there is a great desire to succeed in everything they do. In everything they do. So when a person has gotten married or had children out of wedlock or gotten married in divorce, had children out of wedlock, there is some hurt there, period, regardless. Something failed and I didn't know how to get it away and I feel like a failure. But all that comes because somebody didn't understand the purpose at the very beginning. Somebody didn't teach them. See, that's why among us, that should not be known. That shouldn't... That shouldn't that, as it pertains, that shouldn't come to fruition to a point like where somebody's come in this ministry, gotten married, and had these issues that they shouldn't have. And I'm not talking about the issues that just come with marriage. I'm talking about, hey, 
I'm beating her up. She's beating me up. We're just not doing what we need to do and we want a divorce. The only way you can get to that place is if you refused everything that's been taught to you. And you know what? We can tell when you refused everything that's been taught to you. We can tell by your attitude. You have a stinking attitude. And you think that you know something and you have a stinking attitude. And people think that you don't, people think that you don't notice those things. You notice those things in people. In females and males. You can tell reception, receptiveness and you can tell when somebody's rejecting something. You can tell when somebody wants to hear what you say and you can tell when somebody don't give a darn about what you're saying because they're going to do it their way. And you, my friend, I would not give my daughter to. Or you, my, you, you, my sister, I would tell her to tell them to turn away from you because that's all problems. And you may think, no, I don't have to get these things straight. You have to get them straight. There's one great thing that you have to understand is humility. You have to understand humility. If you don't get humility, you will be a lousy husband. If you don't get humility, you will be a lousy headache woman to a man. If you don't get humility. Because humility is not to man. They experience your humility, but your humility is before God. That's where you don't understand. When you have an attitude with people, you, you're showing God, this is what I think, this is what I believe, this is what I want to do. That's exactly what you're saying. God sees your heart. And you may think, I have a right to, perform, to come out in this fashion and act this way. You have no God-given right. You've taken a right that God didn't give you. And the thing about it, it's interesting because in marriage, like for example, it says, what God therefore has joined together that no man put asunder. Don't let no one put into parts, divide, separate. God is like, if you focus on purpose, see, that's, and Minister Hasten brought these, forth, these things forth about Jezebel, about the attitudes that come forth in a, in a marriage. You know, the things that you do, the manipulation in a marriage, the, the things that married people do, not only the male, the female, but the male, you know, wanting to do their own thing. This is the way I want to do it. This, and, and the thing about it, all those things are pulling it asunder. And your issue is with God. He says, what well, God is joined together. Because remember, what God joins together is from the beginning. So when you as a believer, he has a different expectation from you than he does from the world. Because the world to, the, to God is like, you should not be married. Because you don't know what to do with my institution. You don't know what to do with it. Yes, their children come in forth. And they're all creations of God. But God still seeks one thing. A godly seed. That's all God is seeking. And, and God has ways. And so, well, what about all the world? You know, you start thinking stupid like this one minister. Thinking that God isn't, doesn't know how to minister to the world. And, that everybody's saved. You know, regardless of what they do. Because God saved them all. No, God is able to minister to those of the world. That's where you come in. See, the people in your life, your marriages should reflect something different than their marriage. It should reflect something totally different. You should understand purpose. You as a young, single young man, a single young woman, you should be distinctly, distinctively different from other young men and other young women. As it pertains, why don't you do this and why don't you do that? This is because God's purpose. See, you don't understand something about people. They want to hear how to succeed. They want to hear 
how their marriages can be healed. They want to hear how I can be the female that I'm supposed to be. They want to hear how I can be the male. The only people that don't want to hear that are people that are just downright in their rebellion. This is who I am. See, that's the thing is, there's certain people that say, this is who I am and I don't care what God says. Those are totally different people. Because even they have had an opportunity to hear God's Word. It's so interesting how people, they pick and choose standards. But don't understand the standard that they choose. It's still God. The the standards that they pick and choose. It's interesting how they don't want to hear what God says. But the little standards that they have come straight from the Word of God. Come straight from the Word of God. You know, they can say, you know, because I've had somebody tell me one time, I don't care what you show me in the Scriptures. I don't believe that. I don't agree that. You know, and because they wanted to cut it off from the beginning. And I'm like, interesting how you can have a standard about one thing and think that, that, that that's just downright gross. But when I start talking about the grossness of certain things, you're like, well, no, 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 no. That's, that's, that's the way they want to live. Let them live the way they want to live. Well, your daughter wants to live that way too. Why don't she just live the way she wants to live? Why do you have a standard with your daughter and your son that you don't have a standard with these people in the world? The standards across the board. You know, you think that, well, I want my, my daughter to marry, you know, this, or I want them to, you know, not to live, uh, not to involve themselves in sex before marriage, and I don't want them to do this, and I don't want them to do this. But you have a totally different standard about the homosexual life. Totally. It's like, no, that's, that's not what is it about. And I'm, not, I'm pulling away, but I'm going to get back. So, Genesis, let's go to Matthew chapter 19 again. So the main purpose that the Pharisees came to Jesus again was for the purpose of tripping Jesus up pertaining to the law of Moses. They wanted him to come against the law of Moses. And Jesus like, I'm not even going to deal with your law. I'm going to take you back to Genesis. I'm going to take you back to the very beginning. It's interesting as we read Matthew 19. Uh, let me get to certain things in my notes. I'm sorry. One of the, the, the things in our notes, my notes, is the highest priority is the direction of the home. And it can only go where the male is headed. Y'all have heard that statement before, right? The highest priority is the direction of the home. And it can only go where the male is headed. Interesting statement. You can learn something by what it doesn't say. It doesn't say wherever the male is headed is the direction of the home. Did you hear that? So the highest priority is the direction of the home. And it can only go where the male is headed. So you may look at it and say, well, hey, my my husband's directing. That must be the highest priority in my home. Let me follow this. Because that is the highest priority. It's where my, my husband is headed. So that must be the highest priority in my home. No. The highest priority is the direction of the home. Once again, they set the direction you're going to be going in, but they didn't ordain the direction of the home. Does that make sense to you? The best way I can describe that is this. You know, you may have a destination, and I I use Google Maps. You may have a destination, and when you put in your destination in there, it'll take you straight to that destination. But your husband says, I don't want to go to that destination, and puts a different destination in there. He inputs that destination. He sets it. And you're going to go exactly where he's going. But the direction of the home, it's the highest priority. And God ordained it. 
So there's a difference sometimes from where the male is headed and the direction of the home. The highest priority is the direction of the home. And God ordained that already. The male, and Minister Haston said it this way, the man's influence sets the direction of his home. Interesting to me. I'm a, I try to understand as much as I can by things or the way things are said. I, I try to, you know, uh, you know, dissect certain things. And the man's influence, to me, I will say this. What has influenced your husband, the man, the most? That's exactly where he's going to go. What has influenced him the most is exactly where he's going to go. Even though the highest priority is the direction of the home that God already ordained, whatever He sets into motion in your home and the one that you choose to marry, because those directions were already there even before, you refuse to ignore Him because He was in a church. Does that make sense to you? Just because He's in a church, just because He's in this church, doesn't mean He has the highest priority, the direction of the home. It doesn't mean that. It just means that he has a certain direction and you may just be following him because he looks good and because he's interested in me. You know, I'm just, I'm just glad someone's interested in me. Once again, someone didn't validate you because you're much prettier than you think you are. You're much better looking than what you think you are. If you think I'm just with him because, hey, somebody was interested in me. You, you should back up a little bit. If you're, if you're, if you're, you know, I'm just happy somebody was interested in me. You should back up a little bit and and and, and find out who you really are, because you're not going to be a help to him. Do you understand? You're not, because you're depending on him. And the thing is, you don't understand something about God. You may think that the only person that's supposed to have the direction is the home is the male, and that's foolish. Both of them are supposed to have the direction of the home. It's just the male that sets it. Do you understand? He sets the direction, the course of your home. But both of you, I don't want... See, I don't want to marry a dumb woman. If anything, you know, I want you to really think, think about this. You should really want to marry a smart woman. You should really want to marry an intelligent lady. You should really want that because of all she has is what you're looking at. You know, I'll never forget what a minister told me years ago. He said, don't ever marry a woman that doesn't, doesn't know anything as it pertains to certain things about the doctrine, certain things about the Word of God. Because they, it's, they can't have the priority, the, the highest priority in the home. See, it's a very great help. See, destination, I want you to write this down and we're, al we're almost done with this session. But write down the word direction, I'm sorry. And I am getting a little ahead of myself because we're going to come back to certain things later. The word direction means the line which anything lies. Faces or moves. It's the line which anything lies. Faces or moves. With reference, and I'm going to repeat it, with reference to the point of region towards, towards which is, it is directed. The line in which anything lies Faces or moves with reference to the point of region towards which it is directed. Again, direction is the line which anything 
lies, faces, or moves with reference to the point of region towards which it is directed. Once again, I'll go to Google Maps. So I yesterday put in the University Avenue uh, uh, address. And it immediately on my Google Maps, it draws a line from where I'm at to exactly where I need to go. But doesn't give me any details in between. That's my direction. You understand? That's my destination. It's immediate line to where I need to be. I don't know the details along the way. Those are directions. That's the details that come along the way. But the direction is set from the very beginning by God. The line to where you're at to where you need to be. And whatever state you're in, unmarried, there's a line from where you're at to where you need to be. If you're married, the line of where you're at, because he's dealing with where you're at, to where you need to be. So in my car, if I'm driving, I'm setting that direction in my app. And the wife hears everything and knows where we're going. She's a great help meet to me to get exactly where I need to be. Along the way, there's a lot of different things. Like yesterday, it's like six miles ahead, there's a five minute delay. That is just God directing you along the way. Showing you where you need to be. But the direction of the home has already been set. It's already there. The man cannot say, I need to go to 900 University Avenue, but I'm going to put in 2703 Mesquite Lane. And I'm going to get there. But that's what men do. I understand the destination, but this is where I want to go. And you sit there knowing... That that's not the highest priority. We need to go here. Now there's an argument in this car. I'm like, you man, you let me drive. No, but interesting, you're not the driver. Now you understand, I'm in a vehicle with a fool. Do you understand? Or you can come over here and likewise, I know where I need to go, but there's a better way. You're telling, there's a better way to do this. There's this, 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 and that. And you're like, but I know the destination. I know the direction. Let me follow. The person that's leading me. See, do you understand? Is this making sense to you? There's a direction and both of you need to have that direction to help each other out in this vehicle called marriage. Both of you need to have that direction. I don't want to marry somebody that doesn't have the direction because I am... Now what you call, you call that delay. Now I'm delayed because she wants to stop and ask somebody else. And I know where I'm going. Or I don't know where I'm going and I ain't stopping for nobody to ask nobody nothing. I'll get exactly where I need to go. See, all of those things you don't understand plays a big part of your marriage. The highest priority is the direction of the home. And God set that direction from the very beginning. He said, it's all about my purpose. It's all. See, we're dealing with a man's vocation. I want you to write down the word vocation. And one thing I want you to understand, when referring to the direction of the home, the focus, the focus is to be on the direction, not on who's driving and who's boss. It's the direction that you're supposed to focus on. God directs you. That's why it's important. You're in the same vehicle. It's your marriage. It's not just his marriage, it's your marriage. And we have a destination and we need to get there. So I cannot just let anything in and out 
of what we need to do. That's why the leaving, you think, what does that have to do with leaving and cleaving? If you don't know how to properly leave, if you don't teach your child how to properly leave and cleave, there are some things that are going to go on in this vehicle that are going to delay the process. There, and, and you know the thing about it, it may even hinder the process to ever get to a complete state. You may never produce what God wants you to produce because that person never was... And, and you may think that leaving and cleaving is really just for him. The process really, the female should know about because she has to identify when somebody has left and has le- has leaving and cleaving. She she can identify that at a young age. She can identify that by once again, how's his submission? How does he respond to authority? You know, because if he can't let my elders tell him anything without having an attitude, he will not listen to my father, or he will not listen to any authority in his life. And if he doesn't listen to natural authority, I know he's not listening to God. It's impossible. For you not to listen to natural authority and say you're listening to God. You cannot. God is like, I ordained all those things. How how do you think I'm speaking to you? How do you think you've come to this point right now in life? You came there by authority. That's where you came. You're right. And you may be in, well, I'm in a bad place in life. But somebody was not the proper authority in your life. And that's for every one of us. We're there based on the authority we've had and how we've submitted to the authority in our lives. That's where we're at. So the word vocation, because we're dealing on this teaching, the focus of this teaching will be the male's vocation. And we're going to leave with this. Vocation is a divine call to God's service. It is a function or station in life to which one is called by God. I like that. It's a function or station in life to which one is called by God to His service. And the thing about it, that starts before marriage. It's a function or station in life. It's something that you've got to function in. It's a place you have to be stationed in. Where God has called you to it. See, what people don't understand, marriage is a divine institution, but they've got to understand that it, carry, that it carries a divine call upon it. Just because you get in the divine institution doesn't mean you heard the call. And that's the problem with marriages in the world. They get married, they're in a divine institution, but they have not heard or they have not hearkened to the call of God. And right now, God is calling you in an unmarried state and said, this is my call at the very beginning. It's to produce a godly seed and leaving and cleaving is a part of that. If you learn how to leave and cleave, I promise you, if we learn how to leave and cleave properly, you're going to have some awesome wives. Because they're going to be cherished, cared for, they're going to be directed, they're going to know which way you're going, they're going to follow. You're going to know how to choose as you leave and cleave. Because you become the man that you're supposed to be in your leaving and cleaving process. One of the examples in the last few seconds is Ruth and, and, uh, and Elisha. There's leaving and cleaving in those people's lives. They knew how to leave something and they knew how to cleave to it. And you may think that 
leaving and cleaving these natural things that you're involved in has nothing to do how you're going to leave and cleave to your wife. And it has everything to do with it. Everything. You can't leave your, your games behind. You can't leave certain things that you're just caught up with. You can't leave certain things. You won't know how to cleave your wife properly. Now, there is, as it pertains to, I have to have something and I know how to have certain some things in moderation. There's, there's nothing wrong with fun. But that's all you're about. You will not fulfill the purpose of God. Let us stand to our feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.